The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Happy Hour. Uh, thank you very much, Neil, for being here and for posting the Happy Hour uh, Google group in the chat. I'm delighted to be with you this evening, and um, we will start with our meditation right off the bat. So, finding a comfortable and alert way to sit, and giving yourself time to recognize what's here right now, and time to be kind to conditions in the body in the heart, and in the mind. Perhaps bringing a sense of friendliness to whatever is here, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, Maybe doesn't feel like either one, whether it's preoccupying or it's very, things are very calm and present. Welcoming all of it with a friendliness. This is the experience of being human. This is life. One of the ways we can be very friendly to ourselves and others is by providing plenty of room for what is happening. No need to pressure ourselves. No need to perform. This is a time and space when we can let things unfold the way they do, at their own pace. Perhaps in giving giving our experience Plenty of time and friendliness for any of it and all of it. That in itself might be this practice of loving kindness. Metta. Allowing things to be the way they are. One of the things we can notice is one of the phrases that we often offer when we offer loving kindness to ourselves or to someone else. We say, may you be happy. Perhaps there's some happiness to be had in letting things unfold at their own pace without pressure, in being friendly towards our life experience, our ups and downs as human beings, all the ways things can be. An alternative wish that I sometimes have sent instead of may you be happy or may I be happy has been may you be content. 
May I be content. It's a way of wishing freedom from fighting with experience. Contentment to be alive. To be knowing what's happening. It's interesting to reflect on what these two phrases mean to you in your own practice. When you're wishing yourself happiness or you're wishing yourself contentment, what are ways that you're wanting that for yourself and others? What exactly are you wanting? And perhaps just recognizing, rather than doing a lot of thinking about it, recognizing any elements of that that are here for you right now. Is there some happiness? It doesn't have to be total happiness, although it might be. It could be subtle could be strong. Is there happiness here? And how do you know it in the moment? What? How does it show itself? Alternatively, is there contentment here? A little contentment, a lot of contentment, strong or subtle. If there's some contentment here, how is it being known? Sensations in the body, some feeling of the emotional type, some thoughts, contentment. And allowing time for experiences of happiness, contentment, allowing space for them to arise as we do this meditation in the body, in the heart, in the mind. As you feel into the wish for yourself, may I be happy, may I be content, And if the mind tends to go towards any lack of happiness or lack of contentment that is present, allowing that to be known with kindness, with compassion, simply being aware of it without pushing it away. Giving it time to be seen and heard.
even if they the what is present is some lack of happiness or some lack of contentment, we can still wholeheartedly wish ourselves, may I be happy. May I be content. In human life, all of these states come and go, arise and pass. Continuing in silence to allow whatever is here to be known as it arises and passes. Experiences of the physical body, of the emotions, of the thinking mind. Allowing it to arise and pass, be known and flow through as we explore happiness, and contentment. If the mind drifts away, noticing wherever it's gone, what is coming to awareness, and perhaps whatever it is, adding the thought, and may you be contented, may you be happy.
If as you meditate with happiness and contentment, you find that they are present for you and there's a wish to extend the inclination of mind towards someone else, that they have happiness, that they have contentment. Allowing that person to fill your heart and mind, all of their good qualities, perhaps seeing them sitting right in front of you in your mind's eye. And this person can continue to be you. There's no more important place to cultivate contentment and happiness in a friendly way than towards yourself, from which we can then offer an abundance of these wishes to others. Once you have a a strong picture, a strong sense of yourself or the other person, sending these friendly wishes, may you be happy, fully, completely, thoroughly happy. Profoundly happy. May you be content. Receiving the ebb and flow of life in a way that has some equanimity and some contentment. Just to be alive, just to be experiencing what it is to be human. You can radiate these feelings from your heart and mind, or you can use phrases like these or other phrases that fit you and the other person.
So, you know, I, I noticed that happiness probably has a bad rap in a certain way in the United States um, in that it is treated too superficially. <laughs> um, it's treated as though uh, if you, you know, by consumer culture, if you have certain products or you have a nice place to live or your relationships look like some ideal in a magazine or a movie, that uh, that's the kind of happiness that is attainable in life or that we should seek after. And this really doesn't treat happiness with the kind of profound um, attention that it deserves. It's really worthwhile to reflect on how you experience happiness, especially now that you're into this practice, and how you experience contentment in life. Um, we reach points in practice where we see we have a choice between discontent and contentment or between unhappiness and happiness. And it is very important to see that choice uh, and see what leads to contentment and what leads to happiness. Um, by By making the choice and by appreciating it, we're actually cultivating our way towards freedom from suffering, freedom from stress. And of course, you know, depending on where your practice is right now, what I've just said might sound either impossible. You know, there are times when we're like, I, I've had times in my practice early on where I just thought happiness was not going to happen. And I actually picked the word contentment because I thought it was more attainable. Um, or, it might sound ridiculously obvious. Yes, of course, happiness is important. Of course, contentment is important. But I just want to emphasize that as the practice develops, points open up where we see the choice. And it's a choice towards freedom or towards more suffering. So this is how simple and profound it really is. So, you know, as the week goes on or as you have time um, over the weeks, you might reflect with and sit with um, what kinds of happiness or contentment did you find yourself wishing for you or for other another person? What kind of contentment or happiness do you experience yourself? In other words, Maybe what activities bring you happiness or contentment? How do you experience it in the body? In the body, um, do you experience it more on your own or in relationship to others? Um, do you experience contentment or happiness that is not dependent on any particular activity? And if that's the case, what conditions bring that about? So, you know, I'm sure many more questions might occur to you, but I'm just pointing to this as a really important reflection in our practice. So as we go into our breakout groups tonight, a potential discussion question for you is, what are some situations in which you see you have a choice between unhappiness and happiness or a choice between discontent and contentment? And as always, um, we'll be in breakout rooms of about three or four people. And the idea is to share one brief thing at a time with each other. Um, and then it's somebody else's turn to share, and you just go around the circle again and again. Perhaps beginning this evening with the person whose last name begins with the letter closest to Z and working your way back through the alphabet. And we'll take about 10 minutes in the room. Um, the idea is to speak only from your own experience and not ad offer advice or commentary on other people's experience or what they shared. And you're always free to share something that will help you feel safe in the group before you do your sharing. So if there's something like that that's up for you, please do. And then when we come back, we'll maintain confidentiality. You won't share what someone else said by name. Um, as I send you the groups, if you find yourself in a room without somebody else, just hang out there for a minute and I will move you to a room with someone else in it.
So enjoy the discussion. Welcome back. So we now have about 10 minutes for anything that you learned, any inspirations you want to share, any questions you might have. And you can raise your Zoom hand, or since we're all on one screen here, you can raise your physical hand. Or if you're not visible on screen, you can unmute yourself when you're ready. Yes, Rain, please. I think one thing I got from the discussion group as I was speaking, I realized there's just so many different forms of happiness, awe, like all the different flavors of it with people, without, loving, like high energy, low energy, silent, saying something, um, just birds in the sky, the wonder of, you know, things flying in formation and being surprised, pleasantly surprised. Like there's just a lot of ways. There's so many different ways of expressing this kind of happiness. Like it's pretty amazing. Beautiful. Thank you for inspiring us that way. Joe, uh, excuse me, Jay, please. Um, yeah, I've been kind of trying to reflect on how I, I notice in myself certain times where I can be what, what I might describe as like manic or giddy and this sort of maybe especially in, in the Californian culture of sort of like smile all the time. It's all good all the time um, and a little bit of like incapacity to incorporate into our into our speaking with each other and into our communication and acknowledgement of anger and sadness and trying to reflect on how that that then manifests when I engage with trying to touch into happiness because I think I've become conditioned to experience something adjacent to happiness that often then has some kind of suppressed underside where there's there's a lot more going on that I'm not in tune with mm-hmm. and that's that's sort of compromising the depth or the the the, the, the there's something a little that there's something that feels like being happy that's sort of more of a performed giddiness with a, a su- suppressed negativity Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I'm just at the, preface, the precipice of kind of getting towards learning how to be mindful of that and learning how to distinguish it from some some more profound kinds of contentment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I welcome any thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. I, I very much appreciate what you're sharing because um if we can't take in the all, all parts of ourselves the whole experience including anger and you know all the emotions that come to us no matter what the valence of those emotions is then we're very unlikely to be happy in genuinely happy or genuinely contented there's something that's going to be nagging at the edges of our consciousness um and i appreciate your comment too that there's a kind of culture of giddiness or um, a cheeriness that doesn't reflect what people really experience 
I used to facilitate a mindful parenting group at IMC. And one of the great reliefs that the parents in that group expressed was they go to, you know, pick up their child at school, drop off their child at school, bump into another parent. And the conversation is, well, how's your child? Oh, fantastic, wonderful, marvelous. And they said, you know, in the mindful parenting group, they got to finally share how it really was and they didn't have to put on a front. So I think this, uh, this exploration that you're doing is incredibly valuable. We, if we don't put on a front and we genuinely acknowledge the emotions that are uh, with us at any particular time, then we have a shot at real happiness or real contentment. Um, in for first of all, in being honest with ourselves, um, which you know, happiness and contentment for me, I was noticing as we were sitting, doesn't always have to mean pleasant. It can contain, you know, the whole experience. So I hope those uh, reflections are of some support. Thank you very much. Thank you, Padma. Yeah, I have a question. Um, so I know um, you're using the words contentment and happiness. For me, both are same. I don't like to differentiate, okay, this is the contentment bucket and this is the happiness bucket. So I was just wondering what you mean by that. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so I just noticed that uh, we each probably have different connotations for different words. So one of the interesting things in this practice of mindfulness and um you know, all of our meditation and mindfulness work is to discover the words that are meaningful and that match your experience. So sometimes even, you know, the vocabulary that's used in Buddhism, um, we have to find our own definition. So for example, uh, faith is something that is sometimes translated from the word, the Pali word sada. And for some people, faith is like something they haven't had a good experience with. It means somebody's asking them to make, to, engage in some kind of blind trust that isn't warranted. And for some of us, the word confidence is a better word. Um, So uh, with happiness and contentment, for me, those words have meant something different. And that's my set of connotations. I I invite everybody here to have, you know, to uh, have an exploration of your own set. But uh, for me, contentment can be, can include, um, all kinds of experiences that are very difficult, um, and yet I am not in conflict with them. I'm not fighting with them. I'm noticing them. I'm working with my own heart and mind, um, and yet there's some level of peace. There's some level of ability to meet it, whereas happiness, um, I guess, in my own experience, is something more... Um, pleasant. <laughs> so that's that's what I've got in this moment. <laughs> and I'm sure others have some very interesting reflections on these words as well. I hope that supports. Yeah. And I, you know, one of the reasons I brought this in is that I just think that the way the word happiness is used in Buddhism is very different than the way we might experience it in in the culture we're living in, um, in general parlance, you know, the way people talk to one another. Um, It has some very specific meanings, and it's so important. We may spend more than one evening on it. So, any other comments or questions? Claire, please. I was just going to add to what you were saying about uh, your your own experience with happiness and contentment, because based on my the way I respond to the, that those words and my own life experience, I think it also the way we interpret them has to do a lot with our personal styles and psychologies. I am a very active person. I'm very goal oriented. Contentment does not work for me. Uh, I don't really want contentment. That's, it doesn't fulfill me. Uh huh. I, I hear that it has a connotation of uh, like 
being uh, okay and just resting in place for you, which it doesn't sound like something you do. It's not who I am. I'm, I'm, that's not, it's about who we are. And, and unless one factors that in, you can't, the vocabulary is relative to who we are as, and how we've developed as people, I think. Yes. Um, so that's my two cents. Great. Thank you very much for that perspective. That's great. Um, so uh, surprisingly, it's already seven o'clock. And um, I appreciate each of you coming here this evening and supporting one another. Um, so if you want to unmute and say goodnight to one another and thank you to your group, that would be great. Good night, one another. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Bye, everyone. Be well. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you, Saudi. Take care. Take care, everyone.